0: If you have been listening to the WW Bro podcast for the last month or so, you know I have been using Intermittent Fasting Incorporated in my wellness program. The app I've been using to achieve that, which I get a lot of questions on social media, is Fastic. Fastic has 25 years of fasting experience in the team. Fastic is the perfect companion or guidance to a healthy lifestyle. The app helps achieve your individual goals with personalized plans, motivation, and supporting groups. Fasting is a better alternative to diets. Fasting is a lifestyle. Fasting comes natural for our bodies. Back to the roots. Losing weight is a positive side effect of fasting. Far more important are the long-term health benefits. Download Fasting for free on Apple or Google Play. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 136 of the WW Bro podcast with me, your host, comedian Anthony DiDomenico, coming to you live every Monday night, live on Facebook. But as always, you can find the podcast at WWBROpodcast.podbean.com, as well as on iTunes. And while you're on iTunes, please don't forget to five-star rate and review. You know, I love reading them. You know, I love sharing them brightens up my day. So go ahead and do that. Um, As you know, every time I have a guest, which I do tonight, I do a bonus episode on Wednesdays. So this Wednesday, there will be a bonus episode of the WW bro podcast. The way to get access to that, become a Patreon member, go to patreon.com slash WW bro podcast, sign up. And there's also the whole backlog of Bonus episodes, as well as a never seen before forty minute stand up set that I recorded for a DVD that never happened. It I recorded like five years ago, so it's definitely fun to go back and watch that. That's on there as well. You have access to that as a Patreon member, so definitely go check that out. You could follow me on Instagram at comic Anthony D and the podcast at WW Bro Podcast. Uh, end of the month this week but i'm really going to get into that on the bonus episode i'm not going to really talk about myself too much on this one because i have an awesome guest uh he's a buddy of mine uh absolutely hilarious comedian uh you can definitely check him out on youtube and comedy clubs all up and down the east coast uh kp burke what's going on brother how are you pal thank you for having me i'm I'm good well thank you for doing the podcast i feel like i haven't seen you in the, forever.
1: It's true, man. You said uh, uh, comedy clubs up and down the East Coast. It, uh, it made me wonder. I, I think there's maybe, like, what, nine or ten left in there's, total?
0: There's nine, so you better get a move on before that somebody else gets there. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, who would have thought, like, this would would have been our lives?
1: No clue, man, <laughs> but you, wrote, you were prepared for it. That's one thing I was uh, – your name came up the other day. I was talking to Joe Fernandez, and you were prepared for this because you got the full studio set up and everything, and <laughs> – Doing everything as professional as possible.
0: Yeah, I well, I have done this for like you know forever as far as doing podcasts. Uh, so I I've built the studio over the years. I, I now it was my choice that we wouldn't be in the middle of a pandemic where a comedy would be shut down and everything. But it was good though. No, it was absolutely something that I could you know go to. You know, I started the Patreon page. I started doing bonus episodes. It was definitely like an escape to go to. But you have your podcast too. Uh, why don't you tell everybody the name of the podcast and where they can find it.
1: You uh, actually were set up to be. Uh, you are to this day the first guest we ever had uh, call in via Skype. I think. Wow, we? that was uh, for the show's called American Loser. It's weird stories from uh, American history. It was me and my dad, and you were our uh, Lizzie Borden subject matter expert <laughs> to come on and. and I don't know how you did that, man, to stay in that house overnight after just reading that story. I was highly impressed. Well,
0: I was kind of forced Um my, my <laughs> girlfriend at the time made me uh, stay there. And, I, you know, what it wasn't the one of the rooms where I, we talked about it wasn't that scary. But, yeah, it's definitely something it's definitely something cool. If you're into like, you know, any kind of scary thing, definitely go check that out. It's, it's a fun. They make you breakfast the next day, too. So what's better than that? It's, you're scared all night and then there's breakfast in the morning. it's it's a good deal.
1: I just like that you can hang out where uh murders went down and it just yeah. doesn't bug you. It's
0: <laughs> you know what's gonna be crazy? Like here on Long Island we have the Amityville Horror House, and I guarantee like fifty, sixty years from now, like when everybody who's like was related to these people have like passed on and you know, it's not like disrespectful to have it. I guarantee they that's a bed and breakfast. Something like that. I mean They should do more of these, you know, wherever you sit where the murders happen right here. And you sit where the murders happen. You you sleep where the murders happened. It's it's great. It's 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 an awesome experience. And you can be scared. You're a a Nine
1: Inch Nails fan, right? No, not at all. You weren't into Nine Inch Nails. No, No, for some reason, I had that stuck in my head. But the house (laughs) where um, the uh, Sharon Tate murders happened with Charles Manson.
0: Yes, he recorded um, there.
1: Yeah, he made that whole recording, and I—I I, if they didn't destroy that house, that was the first place I was like, "Amp might put up a bed and breakfast <laughs> out, out at this house." And it's no,
0: definitely, definitely not uh, gonna do that. Um, but I would, I would go check it out. I mean, just to, for the fun of it. I, I mean, I, I like, like you, like history. Like your podcast is about uh, history, but it's, it's it's a funny take on it with you know picking out some of the people who have not maybe you know. In history for a good reason or, you know, finding their flaws and everything, which is kind of cool. Were you always like a history buff? Is that why you did the show?
1: Yeah, it was uh, It was me and my dad's uh, whole kind of relationship was based off of that stuff. And then um, if you read about history, it's like it, it. a lot of them could be comics, man. These are like, <laughs> these are real people. We're not, I don't know, I think we think that they're much more... Um, Uh, chivalrous and uh, simplistic and boring than we were, but they they had all the same human instincts, man. And, you know, sometimes uh, there were some big characters out there.
0: Yeah. I mean, as you know, it is time has a way of making people kind of like immortal and, you know, different than what they are. Like I'm a big Yankee fan as you are as well. Um, And Babe Ruth always said, even himself back in the day said, when they write a book about me, they got to write two, they got to write the real one and then one for the kids. Because he led a, a <laughs> very different life than what, like, you know, we saw. I mean, the lead, the stories about Babe Ruth are legendary. Now, I'm not talking about the baseball stuff. I'm talking about his drinking, his hanging out afterwards, his partying. He was a bigger-than-life character. And I think, you know, and I wish, like, if I ever had you know, the means or whatever to be some kind of a hotshot producer in Hollywood and the people I was making movies, I would greenlight a movie. That would be the real story of Babe Ruth and I'd have like the real stuff like in there. Because I think that's more fascinating <laughs> than the, you know, than the the stuff we hear about point call like calling the shot and, and all that other stuff. I think that, that the real person to me is is more interesting.
1: You know, oh yeah. Like I the one thing that got me obsessed with it too was uh that people always point to the modern Politics would be like. Oh, I can't just. I just can't believe how bad it's gotten. And it's like it's actually gotten pretty calm compared to what it used to be. It's like gunfights right in Congress or something. <laughs> was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, this dude Dan Sickles, he shot um, and killed the guy that uh, he caught sleeping with his wife, pretty much within sight of the White House or okay. Capitol Hill, rather. I apologize. There you go. Yeah. That's so. It is kind
0: of calm now. Is this like it's Twitter wars? Is basically what we're we're, we're dealing with yeah, now. Yeah, it's the
1: most civilist version of uh, barbarism possible. <laughs>
0: No, that's definitely a great a great concept you guys have, and the podcast is awesome. And you record it, actually, at um, a pretty famous recording studio.
1: Yeah, you're uh, overdue to come in for that. We just got to figure out when they're going to allow us to start uh, importing people from New York, you know, slowly but surely. It's the same thing,
0: New York and New Jersey.
1: I mean, yes.
0: Isn't it like, I mean, come on. I mean, Connecticut, Jersey, and New York get lumped in all together all the time. But absolutely, I would love to come into the studio because, as you know, I'm a I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, and um, you know, that's where he records his podcast, right?
1: Well, he got uh, their story's interesting. So it's the comic book men's studio. Okay, used to be at uh, the secret stash, and then uh, Mike and Ming, who have become like good friends of mine, Mike Zabisk and Ming Chen, um, they started their own thing, like maybe eight minutes away, but they had to start their own thing because they have too many like. Toys like G.I. Joe battleships and uh, signed comic book stuff. So they pretty much have like a man cave that you know, is in an office building in Eatontown. And they're like, oh, well, you guys, we'll get some form of revenue here. We'll get a desperate kid and his dad to do a podcast or something. <laughs> That's a
0: great idea, though, to open up, especially now with podcasting, to have a podcast studio People can come in and rent the time. I mean, I that's what I had to do when I first started doing radio. Like when I graduated from Connecticut School of Broadcasting, our first radio show, we had to pay for the airtime. That's kind of like a bringer show as far as the comics. Yeah, we paid for the airtime each week, it was 200 bucks an hour.
1: That's (laughs) I I know you said, uh, we're not, I won't curse on it at all, but I did do um, a podcast recently with, uh, uh, Chrissy Mayer, and she had some uh, people from the adult industry playing drinking games with us. Yeah. And it was all fine. Nobody was really doing anything gross. But um, I made a joke about feature pay, and I realized that, like, those girls don't know about feature pay. They think that's a good thing. That's... Yeah.
0: A... <laughs> yeah, feature pay sometimes not is I not like... very good. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I want to break even for my tolls. You know what I mean? That's f- future pays like, oh, there might be money left over for food after the show.
0: I, I had a, I had a comedy club owner tell me once um, that I would amount in this business nothing more than a two hundred dollar a week middle. And I said to him, I was like, what are you giving raises around here? Like- <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> I'm like, you're paying. Well, how yeah. much you paying now? But no, it is. Um, it it is true without food. Yeah, I mean that's I had to pay for chicken sometimes. Like I one time I was at a comedy club and they they gave us menus, and I was like, "Can I get a grilled chicken Caesar salad?" They're like, um, "You can get a Caesar salad, but only the headliner can get a a chicken or a meat on it." I said, Ugh. "Well, can I can I pay for the chicken to be on it? I just want I want to I don't I want to, I want to eat something. I don't want guys have chicken, and I had to they made me pay for my chicken on the salad. I had the free salad and then whatever like four bucks the chicken was, I had to pay for.
1: God. Yeah. Are they as, still in business?
0: Yes, they are. I'm not going to say who it is, but they're still in business. No, yeah. don't.
1: yeah, definitely not the right. Watch them be the only club still in business. And then we're all sitting there. yeah. You know, trying and trying
0: This is all over. They're the only ones standing like, Oh, you don't want to pay for chicken now. All right, we, we got it.
1: <laughs> so Dude, there was a, a friend of mine in Jersey that started a room. And, um, at first they were like, so good to the comics and they're like, Oh yeah, you guys can get whatever you want. And some guy came in and ordered, uh, I think he got a steak while he was there, and then he got a to-go meal on top of that. And then the next time we all came in, they are like, no, there's a comics prefix menu now.
0: Yeah, it's like the kitty menu at at Friendly's. It's like chicken nuggets and fries, which, you know, eating a healthy, like, (laughs) well, at first I never cared about, like, what the menu was because I I ate, like, an animal. But now, like, when I started eating healthy and I got on this weight loss journey, I was like, well, I don't want to eat, you know, (laughs) bad. I I don't want to eat, like, that stuff. So I was always, I would always ask for, like, Different things like, well, we don't – that's how it's on the menu. I'm like, well, do you have it? Uh, I paid for a lot of my dinners sometimes, or I brought it with me. I started bringing stuff with me.
1: Dude, you got so locked into the zone. I remember the one gig uh, we did uh, out on the island, I think. You brought your own apples to the gig, and I was like, this is is supreme dedication.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, I I do. I I bring – I, I did a show um, in Jersey, actually, in East Rutherford at an Italian restaurant, and I brought my own food, and I ate in the car before I went in. And I think this is one of the reasons why the guy doesn't use me. I think he was offended I didn't eat dinner there. And I told him, no, I'm I'm doing, you know, WW, and I can't eat this stuff. And I, I he seemed like, oh, he understood, but, like, he never booked me after that. And I had a good set, so I, I don't – maybe he just didn't like me. He, a bunch of – you never know why somebody doesn't book you after that. But I I, I – I didn't mean to offend him. I wasn't trying to offend his establishment. I just wasn't going to eat macaroni meatballs.
1: Yeah, you can't figure that one out. Like, it's – plus, uh, that's the problem with Italian food too is that unless it's like you're doing just like a fish dish or something like that, it's it's all bad for you. But it's so good. That's the problem. It,
0: well, you know, you can make no, – actually, like – a lot of Italian food you can actually make healthy. It's a lot of vegetables. It's a lot of, you know, um, it's when you Americanize it and start throwing like, you know, it's got to have a sauce or it's got to have, you know, yep. breading and all that stuff. Like I make chicken cutlet parm with grilled chicken. I just bake a chicken uh, cutlet, make my own tomato sauce. And like, you know, so there's not a lot of oil in it. There's not, there's not, there's no sugars or anything in it. And I just put fat free mozzarella on top and I cook it and it tastes fine.
1: You got that air fryer thing too, right? You like one the of the first fryer. dudes I knew that had one of
0: those. Probably the, one of the first dudes in general. Yes, that <laughs> a lot of women had them. No, um, yeah, I got an air fryer. I, it, it's awesome, man. I mean, especially in the winter, you throw things in there, and it's like a convection oven. It, it's um, you can make anything. I make chicken in it. I make you know uh, sausage, any, anything I want to throw in there. I heat. Actually, I make toast in it now too. Like I don't even use my toaster anymore. I just throw toast in there, I have bread in there, and I just toast it. It's 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 How's awesome. It with
1: steak? Can you do a steak in it? You can bagel do steak in what? it.
0: I I haven't done steak in it, but you can do steak. I've seen people do steak in it. Um, I'm still a fan of grilling steak. I got a love. I got into grilling this pandemic. That was like a big thing for me. I really got into just you know. I got a, I got a Weber kettle, basic Weber kettle, and I like the whole thing of like lighting the charcoal and letting it heat up and everything, like the whole process of it, like to make. And I am only one person, so to cook all this food, it you know it's sometimes it'll take like ten minutes, but it's like a whole hour to set it up. And I, I, I go out there, I light a cigar, and I had the whole process of it, I just I, relaxing. And that was no comedy. That's what I did. I I grilled most of the summer.
1: Well, actually, speaking of cigars, too, I have to thank you, um, the uh, Macanudo Inspirado Orange.
0: Yeah, green, right? Yeah, Primo. I got the uh, the the black. Um no it, uh, the dark one it's like it's it's the cigar looks almost black and it's it was really good I, the whole inspirato line is good, uh I I'm a big Macaduno fan if anybody you know you see my posts and everything I, I I've been smoking those since I was 17 and they're absolutely amazing <laughs> I guess when I got into I first started getting into cigars around 17 and I've been on and off like over the years and everything but like my my dad was into it and him and his friends smoked Macanudo. So of course, you know, it's like anything else you, you drink what your dad drinks. You smoke what your dad smokes. Like anything, you know, that's where you really learn it from. So I, I got into Macanudos and, and Onyx cigars. So I developed a, a, um, really liking for dark, some like, you know, Macanudos or dark cigars, which I still have today. I love, like uh, dark Nicaraguan cigars are my, my favorite.
1: I remember trying the Onyx cause my uncle whose house I'm at right now, um, <laughs> He, uh, he used to have a box of them and it was, uh, I was like, oh yeah, I smoke onyx, like saying it in front of, um, cause there was this one really cute girl who her dad had a cigar <laughs> shop in town.
0: So you gotta like and, talk uh, her lingo.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was like talking it up and everything. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll do an onyx cigar. And I was hanging out with, uh, two buddies of mine who were a couple years older than me. So they drove me. I was like a sophomore in high school and I remember sitting there trying to light the cigar and they couldn't figure out why I couldn't get it. And then my buddy, uh, Dan Wells was his name. If uh, he he would verify this story, he had to take the cigar out, realize that I didn't cut it or punch it yet. And I was just trying to light it like. So he was a good friend, though. Yeah, he hit it from the uh, he hit it from the cute girls who were working as the servers there. So, a
0: that's a bro. That's a bro right there. That's definitely something
1: that you (laughs) got to do. But now um, you grew up in Jersey. Yeah, yeah, uh, nothing but. And then I did. Um, I lived in Jacksonville for a while. Like, I doc. Can I? I actually want to ask you because yeah. uh, I don't know if I have an accent anymore.
0: No, you don't. That's the thing. Like you have. Like you sound. I thought you were from the South originally when I met you. Like I, I get. Not that you I have, have a, a slang. I
1: heard it's. It's a little
0: bit. Yeah, but it's not like it's bad. But like. You kind of you just talk like a you know like a person like you don't have an accent from anywhere. It's like you know you you wouldn't know where you're from. But I just thought you were from this cause you you know and here's another. This is I guess I'm this is gonna sound bad from New York and and Jersey. You had manners like you're so respectful. <laughs> like <laughs> like you were just like like and I I got that because you were like you when you were in the military for, for how many years were you in the military for? Uh, six years total.
1: Six years. And, in- uh, a six. Yeah that's, yeah, that's where it comes from.
0: Yeah, that's where it comes from. It's like you you were actually very respectful. You were like, "Yes, yes, thank you, please." Like it was just like weird. Like most comics don't hint. like, you know, you just se- seemed like you were um not from New York or Long Island or Jersey or, or any of the northeast area. Uh you seemed very polite and I was like, oh, "Okay, this guy, I guess maybe he's from I that's why I thought you were from down south because of uh you, were, you had a lot of manners. If that I guess that makes us up north uh, look bad, but that's what I originally thought. Cause then I heard you say Jacksonville too. You started in Jackson. And when we talked about comedy, you said you started in Jacksonville. I didn't realize that you were, uh, you were in the service then. And that's why you, you started down there.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, I, I literally got, uh, I got stationed down there at first. If it wasn't for my second, um, I got picked back up by my reserve unit. Otherwise I would have only been in Jacksonville, Florida. So, yeah, you know, my entire Navy career would be Jacksonville, Florida, but <laughs> that, it would have been a bummer, but luckily I got picked back up uh, and I went into, uh, I was in Dubai for a little while, which was cool, but otherwise it was all down South and the military, I think a lot of people know this. It's probably, I don't know, maybe it's like a conservative estimate, but it's like at least 60% dudes from the South Yeah, that are in the military. So it's like, that is the military accent almost.
0: So I guess everybody talks the same. It's like the, the same accent. I get it. You pick it up, and uh, so were you like. How old are you when you went into to the service? I got like a, a range here. Um,
1: I think I joined right because I I left. We were thinking about this the other day because um, it was I was twenty when I went in, and it was the start of. Uh, like um I think Obama had just been elected to his first term in November. So technically I joined under George W. Bush's <laughs> last couple of years, and then I got out um I guess two years into Obama's second term. Okay. So well, that was yeah. In there weird time frame. Yeah,
0: yeah we <laughs> so um... How did you start doing comedy like in, in the military? It seems like kind of a weird transition that, you know, um, you're, you're, you're a soldier and then you like writing jokes and like getting ready for it.
1: Sorry about it. Of course, my aunt's phone's ringing right
0: now. <laughs> it sounds like we're a- like a little animal dying. Uh, so we like that something you always wanted to do or was it like a dare or something like that. Or how would you get into doing stand up for the, the first time?
1: Um, I actually just, I turned the phone off just so I could deal with it, okay. but, uh, yeah, no, it was, um, it was cool. It was, I, I literally was getting in, uh, people would always tell me Burke, it's not a comedy club. And then, uh, I think that the, the I girl I was with at the time <laughs> is going on here. I'm the epitome of professional. So, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh. The girl I was dating at the time knew that I wanted to do uh, stand-up, so she got me – the only club in town at the time had a uh, uh, a workshop you could do. And you were saying you had to buy your own airtime for yeah. Connecticut School Broadcasting? Yeah. Um, I had to pay $200 for the comedy club owner to teach me how to do comedy. <laughs> That's always – and owners always
0: know how to do Dude, comedy.
1: It. Yeah, he, and this guy <laughs> – he admitted when he walks, he goes, by the way, I'm not a comic, guys. And I, he would, like, occasionally have something, like, good for you. You know what I mean? Like, he, he could point out something that he noticed or whatever. Yeah. But it was, like, it was the weirdest thing where uh, he once casually gave me a hard time because I wore flip-flops on stage.
0: I would have given you a hard time, too.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I was also <laughs> brand new. And he's yeah. like, oh, Mr. Burke, I can't have you on stage in flip-flops here. And I was like, that that guy over there is doing other people's material. <laughs> Like I'm not even the guy was doing Jeff Foxworthy, but it's you might be from Jacksonville if. Oh that's what that that's literally what the guy was doing, and I was like, yeah, but my flip flops. That's the <laughs> that's the problem with the integrity of this here club.
0: It's yeah, it's it's the flip flop, but you know it's funny now. I, I'm watching a lot of this outdoor comedy, and everybody's in shorts and flip flops. They're just it's you know because it's <laughs> yes. ninety degrees out, it's hundred degrees out. You gotta be comfortable.
1: Uh, finally I get vindicated this many, I just took the industry collapsing for it to finally happen.
0: That, yeah. You finally got your revenge. I got a flip flops for everybody.
1: That's so, they, you... uh, it was weird though. Yeah. To, to be down there. Cause then it was, it was mostly, uh, like, a if you wanted to get more stage time, you had to do spoken word nights down there. So it was like, you could get. A, a whole different vibe for like the southern style of comedy verse than coming up here because then I, I when I moved back home it was you know, I am more at home doing like a uh uh I, I hate to people shit on all the time, but I like a good VFW gig, and they're still fun for me. I,
0: I, I do I do too. I had some of my best shows, my best times uh doing like VFW halls or American Legion halls They're there's so much fun because you know what I like? I like a crowd that just wants to laugh and that is into laughing and not hung up on being offended and everything else. And I find those crowds, they're, they're more, you know, keen to that. They're not, they're not looking to, they're not, they're just looking to have a night out away from the kids, away from everything and have a good time. So I, I do like the VFW hall shows too. And, and plus, you know, you have the thing, you're, you're a veteran. So, you, you know, you, they're your people. And, um, that's, you have one up on everybody else. You, you're one of them.
1: It, uh, it is. Don't get me wrong. I'll play a home field advantage. Absolutely. I
0: Absolutely. But, uh,
1: one cool thing, though, too, that I always said was and you'd think, like, some people don't think they would have it in common necessarily, but uh, the spoken word rooms and uh, and just, like, just any, any, like, you know, the, the urban shows, stuff like that, them and VFW halls. You never have to worry about a blogger in the audience. No. <laughs> no one's there to complain about material.
0: No, and I, I used to do music mics, like, you know, uh, you know, just do comedy in between. And they liked the break, too. They used to like, and they used to enjoy it, like, you know, because they were getting to see comedy. They didn't expect it and they enjoy, you know, so they were, they didn't complain about it and everything. It was a good time. So I, and I think that's like, if you're used to doing those things, I think now is a good time for you because, uh, you know, you'll survive, you know, doing the outdoor shows and things, you know, things that aren't the norm. Um, I don't, cause I, I haven't done an outdoor show yet. I, I um, I did the only show I did was still indoors before they banned everything, but I haven't performed uh, outside yeah, well. yet. <laughs> It was no, it was legal still. It was before uh, they they took it away. But I haven't done an outdoor show outdoor show yet, which um, it, it ha- that's got to be weird, right?
1: They are weird. It's like I respect everybody who's been trying to keep it going with them and everything, but there's uh, there's sometimes when like other because you actually you know um, <laughs> you know them pretty well too, so I can uh, I can tell the story I think. But uh, so it was an Elks Lodge parking lot. And um, it was cool. Everybody was seated all proper and everything. And they did social distancing and everything. But then uh, Jim Florentine was the headliner. Mm -hmm. And behind the Elks Lodge was like just people's houses. It was a neighborhood. So at one point during the show, there's just an – yeah, there's an old man taking his garbage out saying, is is Jim Florentine talking about (laughs) – why is cranky anchors happening in my backyard right now?
0: That's great. That's absolutely great. Yeah, that's what's happening now. That's that's the world. And um, it's I guess it's better than nothing cuz quarantine happened, uh comedy went away. So what did you do to keep like yourself going during that time? I you know, you, I'm just looking at you. I, I haven't I haven't seen you in person in a long time, but <laughs> you you look phenomenal, man. You dropped a ton of weight. You look great.
1: Not I'm not kissing uh bud here cuz it's your show, buddy, but uh you definitely were putting the work in. And, uh, cause what do you do? You do the Tuesday one and then you do the Friday one for the posts on, uh, Instagram. I do the
0: transformation. Well, now I, well, two transformation Tuesday, I do throwback and transformation Thursday and, uh, face-to-face Fridays. Yeah. The, the post
1: could do, I was rooting for you like just nonstop with that. Cause it, it was so awesome to watch everything happen. And I was like, all right, if I put the time in, cause I looked into WW and then I, mm-hmm. I didn't know if I was going to do it. And then, obviously we're both Kevin Smith guys. Like you said, he was yep. killing it with uh, everything. And, um, honestly, when I quit drinking, this is embarrassing. I lost 70 pounds cause I quit drinking.
0: <laughs> it's not embarrassing. It's a, the way you put it. it was funny. Like, it was embarrassing. Nice. Right? Like I didn't do anything else. I didn't do a program. I just no, but I mean, it takes discipline, whatever it is, it's discipline. And that's the key to anything is that's the key, no matter what you're going to do. I mean, as far as from being, you know, Doing comedy to losing weight to anything is discipline and to stop something that you enjoy. You know, I, I, I know drinking is never my thing, you know, and, you know, but every, you know, my friends all drank, my, you know, my, my family, they, they like to drink. Um, and it is, it's, it's, it's a lot, it's calories, it's carbs.
1: Dude, did you make a list? Uh, cause you got, I know you got to track points with, with, um, WW, right? Yeah. So, um, by the way, am I an idiot? Cause I keep calling it WW or is it is no, it,
0: No, it... it's WW. That's what they changed the name to.
1: Yeah. I, I couldn't remember. It was like a, like a dubs thing. If I didn't know, it that used to the be weight term. watchers.
0: No, dub dub is like a nickname. People give it.
1: Got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I remember trying it once years ago and I, I hate doing math. So it was like, <laughs> uh, it was like torture for that. Well, Now and they have uh, an app
0: that, that does it for you.
1: See, that's genius. So I, maybe I could have done, uh, that way. Um, but I just remember going to the VA once, um, maybe like two, three years ago, and uh, they asked me if I wanted to see a dietitian because I said I wanted to like lose 30 pounds. And uh, so they sent me to see a dietitian. It was like uh, – you know, and she goes, make a list of everything you ate and drank or whatever. And then she looked at it and she goes, did you make a list – like do you drink alcohol or anything too? Because she's looking at the list and she goes, you really don't eat carbs. You're on like a zero-carb <laughs> diet. And I was like, oh yeah, it's, I average about eight or nine a day, you know, at the time. And it was cause I was working excavation. So you get, you, you go in hungover and then you leave sober cause they work you that hard. <laughs> and, uh, and I was able to get away with it for a while, man. And then once, um, once I left that, uh, I, I couldn't get away with it anymore. And I was like, I just, I'm tired of feeling garbage the next day, you know? So I, I gave yeah. it up, but <laughs> had to happen.
0: Well, that's awesome, man. That you, you know you're feeling better. That's what matters. But you know, also comedy. I mean, being around comedy, it's it's not the the healthiest life. Sometimes it's it's a lot of you know, there's the drinking, there's hanging out late, there's um, you know, partying and stuff like that. So that's that to me. Like I, I'm when I first started doing comedy, I was drinking more than I, I do now, and it's just because they give you you know the drinks are free, everything's free, food's free, so it is it is a lot of temptation. did you um. How long ago did you start this? This How long did it take you to lose 70 pounds?
1: Um, I got to think, man, because it wasn't the start of quarantine. The first – I would say this. I went on spring break for like the first month of quarantine. Spring. It was nuts. It was uh, – <laughs> yeah, dude. I was getting drunk twice a day. That's when I knew it was getting bad. I'd, I'd wake up, you have your morning drinks. My buddy uh, Andy Hyroller called them quarantinis. So, Quar- yeah, I heard you know, a lot. having their quarantinis. The, the, quarantinis. Yeah. Uh, the worst – and then um, then I'd fall asleep on the couch for a little bit. Uh, hilarious, as you would appreciate, I would wake up in time to watch the Michael K show. And then during a commercial break for them, I'd run out and make my evening booze run. <laughs> and uh, it got bad, too, because I, I used to not go to the same liquor store two days in a row. And then it got to, well, I can't go to the same liquor store twice in one day. So then I had to spend, <laughs> like-, <laughs> yeah, like spread it out. Oh, yeah.
0: But I think a lot of people had that mentality going into quarantine because they told us originally it's two weeks. So, I think everybody was like, awesome. I got two weeks off from work. Let's do it. Let's like have like, you know, a spring break. And the people had that mentality that it was just going to be a very short thing. We didn't know how long it was going to be. They they said two weeks to begin with. That they just wanted to like, yeah. you know, slow it down. So, I think people went a little haywire right out of the bat, you know, off the bat, because you just thought like, hey, it's a little vacation. And we didn't realize that we'd be in now almost six months later and still under some, still under a lot of restraints. But I know when I when quarantine happened, the first thing I thought of was like, oh, I'm coming out of this down, down weight. I, I don't want to be, I saw, on, I, I saw on social media a lot of people going the other way. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm coming out of this healthier and, and, and better than, than when I went into it. That was my thing. And that's what I really stuck to. But, you know, I mean, look at you, you're the same thing. You, start, you might have started off uh, rough, but you, you came out of it you know, I saw two. I saw a picture of you just recently, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, what, what did he do?
1: Yeah, a lot of a lot of people asking the uh, the traditional questions of, uh, "Are you are you sick? What yeah, what the, happened?"
0: No, <laughs> I know. I do. You no, know, because you had lost weight. I remember at one point we were doing comedy. At one, you you'd lost some weight, and um, I forget what you were doing then. Were you just like working out and eating right?
1: It, you know, what it was I. Uh, <laughs> I tore my ACL, and. Um, I was so nervous because I was like, well, now I'm going to get even bigger because I I didn't like I couldn't move or anything like that. So I got super disciplined with um, doing like bulletproof coffees and stuff. Yeah. And I would just do that. And then I'd have like one meal at night kind of a thing. Okay, And then that was working. And then I was like, hey, I can have a couple of drinks again. And I think I was I I was like probably 40 pounds heavier within two, you know, two months, I would say after that.
0: Yeah. I like how all your weight loss regimen comes from like fear of something.
1: Oh yeah. It's, (laughs) it's, it's Miami Valhar, but that's for
0: real. That's what started for me. I mean, it was fear. It was a a lot of fears. It was, you know, fear of dying, fear of um, not being able to move, walk, get on stage, um, not being able to, you know, just do anything fear that I fear that the only way out was weight loss surgery, which I didn't want. So, yeah, I mean, fear plays a big factor in it. Um, you know, and I think no matter how you get to it, it's a good thing. And did you, you must feel like a million times better now, right?
1: I do. It was, uh, you know, we had uh we had a couple of drinks uh, over the weekend cause it was uh, not to bum anybody out, but my dog died. So um, oh, I'm sorry about that, man. Yeah, no, it was all good. It's uh, he a good long life on him and everything, but he was like, uh, yeah, that was my buddy. So that that was my little break. I'm, I'm, I've set the clock back again now, because uh, I don't want to, I don't want to have to have this conversation again when uh, you invite me on the show in like another year, and it's like, all right, so you lost, you lost half of what you gained back. KP, you're doing okay. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll have you on when you gain it back. Right? <laughs> man. and you think I'm kidding? What? Yeah. But, uh, you think i'm kidding with you man but it, it's you and there's a couple other people's accounts i follow on uh uh instagram that are like pretty where it's like all right this, this guy ain't quitting you can't quit either you know
0: i appreciate that because i you know really the i was one of the most undisciplined uh people with, with everything and we actually were talking the other i was talking to to uh john ziegler uh the other, other day and we were actually talking about one of the last shows i did good if, guy yeah absolutely great guy and i we were talking about a show I did for him, it was right before I joined WW this time, where they literally thought the stage was gonna collapse without a firehouse. And like you usually we'll go in and watch each other's sets because we want to see like what we're working on and stuff like that. They all came in to see if that was gonna fall through the, the stage. Cause literally, <laughs> it's it, it's dark <laughs> dude. <laughs> because like I got there and like the stage was higher and there were like there was no steps and I'm like, Well, I can't get on that. How am I gonna get on that? Then think I'm two hundred and eight pounds heavier at that, that point. I'm like, how how am I going to get on that? And, you know, like, like you got to get stairs or something. So I found, they found the stairs that went with it. They put it up there. And then Ziegler was like, listen, when you get up there, don't move around a lot. Just, you can't move around. Because when I would step on it, it went down. And I saw everybody's face like this. They kind of, like, looked down, like, as I was standing on it. Like, they were you know, watching the stage go like this. And I was telling him, actually... What was hard about it was if I when I was that heavy, um, I had my heaviest. I was at that point. I was five hundred and eighty three pounds. When I would stand in one spot and didn't move, my legs would like start to shake, and my knees would burn, my back would hurt. So I was in so much pain doing that set. You know, cause that's what you know. A lot of times I sat on the stool if it was on stage. Just I wasn't gonna play around at that point. I was gonna sit down and and so I, I could actually keep my breath and
1: and get through this. Well, you've had the, the sit-down swagger, too, where that, that always seemed like a choice. It wasn't. It wasn't. Um,
0: I was going through a point where—and maybe it was it went hand-in-hand, hand, but I didn't realize it. I was going through a point where I, I, I just felt like I wasn't connecting with the crowd at some point. Like, I, I felt like I should be getting more out of my jokes. And I just sat down one night. I was just pulled up a chair, pulled up the stool, and kind of, like, got more on their level— And when I think back, I also think it was because I I couldn't really get, I was losing my breath very quickly on stage. And I remember at certain points, I couldn't get the words out. In certain jokes, if it was like a fast-moving joke, I would lose my breath and it was hard for me to get the words out. So maybe I wasn't connecting on that level because I was uncomfortable and they could could uh, see that. But I've always been very relaxed. Like as far as like, you know, my persona on stage is just like how I am now. And I think it goes well with, you know, just pulling up a chair and, and sitting with and talking to them. And I do. I still do it like here and there. Not as much because, you know, it doesn't hurt to stand. Uh, but,
1: well, it, yeah, some crowds don't deserve like um, some crowds don't deserve the energy of, of truly stand. Like if, if you have to lower yourself to like if they're too subdued. Yeah. Then I notice sometimes people will lean or calm down or something because there is nothing more painful. And I, I have a lot of respect for a lot of the people who who do um, you know a, an act like a high energy act, but to watch someone bomb with high energy is it's brutal to watch, man. Because you know they don't have a curveball for that. So I wow. always kind of you were always one of the guys I could think of that can do that that adjusts the room. I know Voss Voss would always if Voss is sipping coffee at the start of his set, I was like, all right, I'm not going to talk to him after the show. He's just going to be a jerk. So.
0: The first time I met Voss, he, I worked with him. He came up to me. He goes, uh, "I heard you're a yoga instructor." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "I was like, yes." And I'm very flexible, more than you actually. And we laughed about it. And he was actually, I, I had one of the, my favorite uh, shows I did was the first show I did with him. Um, it, it's nice when those guys you can talk comedy with a, with a with a with a legend like that, and actually, you know, they look at you almost like a peer. And they you know they give you advice and tips and stuff like that, so that that was a fun time and i i knew he was legendary for breaking balls um oh, so i i I took it almost as a sign of like you know that he put me on his you know at his level, but like you know he put me in that class that I was a comedian and didn't treat me like a, an open micer, which was nice, which I wasn't at that point I was headlining other other clubs, but it, um it just felt nice that uh i didn't um You know, he didn't give me the dollar and tell me to go across the street and get coffee like he's done to so many people I've seen.
1: That's uh, I narrowly avoided that one, but (laughs) he did one time. uh, I asked him what he was selling after the show when he was selling CDs, like pretty early on in meeting him. Yeah, and he goes, uh, he was like, he's like, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, my CD, it's uh, ten bucks, and I was like, uh, I was like, oh okay, like you know, and he goes, he goes, wait, aren't you a comic? And I was like, yeah, and he goes was five and I'll sign it like it was he <laughs> <laughs> like was doing me a favor
0: but... that, that's funny man that's, that's that's really funny yeah I got you know we got to work with some 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 awesome people um just doing you know like you said feature work you mentioned before like you know making fun of feature work but like featuring though like we got into work with like you know I know my, me personally I got to work with everybody as a kid I grew up listening to.
1: Oh, it's the best part.
0: Which is surreal. Like, you know, you, you mentioned Florentine. You know, I was, I'm a big Howard Stern fan. I grew up a Howard Stern fan. So, like, w- w- the comics I listened to were Florentine and Don Jameson and Nick DiPaolo and Craig Gass and all these guys that were on the Stern show. And I, I, I've gotten to work with, like, 99% of all those guys. And it, it, to me, it's, it's, it's really surreal sometimes to think about, like, you know, being like 15 and my dad driving me to school and listening to these guys on the radio and then fast forward, like, you know, 17, 18 years, 20 years. And I'm sitting in a green room with these guys. And yeah, it, it, that's probably the coolest ride uh, as far as like, you know, as a fan of comedy. Cause I, I didn't really listen to like a lot of the comics that people got into. I was the comics on the Stern show. That, that was my favorite.
1: No, I get you there, man. I, I was having a, a thought about that the other day, too, that uh, do you think it's like a white trash vision board? That Like if you had envisioned something bigger, if you were just like, you're like I'm going to be best friends with Jeter, that that would have happened still because you just, you know, you wanted it so purely. If innocently. I would have
0: known that that's how it worked, I would have, you know, I would have wished for more than just, you know, opening for Jackie the Joke Man on a Saturday night <laughs> at 7 o'clock in Belmore. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I absolutely would have... Uh, been like hanging out with Jeter getting some of those baskets that the girls didn't take.
1: Oh man, that'd be fantastic. That's a, <laughs> that'll never happen again either. No, no woman will be able to, no. because it, getting a, a Derek Jeter basket's going to be like, that's a tweet. That's a hashtag on Instagram now. Yeah. You know.
0: It's not going to be a good thing. Do you, So are you watching baseball now the way it is?
1: I'm trying. It was, it was nice to have a double header on yesterday. Cause it was a, a useless, you know, day and yeah. everything. But, uh, You know, it it is, it's weird that, uh, I used to make fun of my, uh, ex because she didn't understand baseball. Like she would pretend. And I, (laughs) I, I, thought she was good that way. Um, but you know, we lived together in Jacksonville and when we, whenever we'd come up in the summer to Jersey to visit, I would take her to a game and she'd be like, Oh, I'm a big Yankee fan. And I, I knew she was lying, but I, I didn't know how much she was lying. And, uh, we saw Mo Rivera come out and blow a save on Memorial Day. And then he got out of the inning with just a tie game. Like, so he blew the save, but it, he didn't blow the lead. Yeah. And uh, he, you know, when he got out of a jam that he was in, the whole crowd started clapping. And she got up and tried to leave because it was the bottom of the ninth and it was over for her. And I was <laughs> like, no, babe, there's extra innings. <laughs> this
0: is still going and on. Babe,
1: and, I thought about it yesterday. I, I snapped, and I was like, all right, we still got two innings to try to come back here. And my dad's like, it's seven now, stupid.
0: <laughs> it is. It's, it's seven. And that's weird, the seven innings. It, it, it blew my mind a little bit. It's like Little League. When I played Little League, it was seven innings.
1: Yeah, and how do you get a runner on – I I didn't even see that first at bat. Did we miss a hole at bat? No, someone starts at second. Starts at second base
0: because they they don't want guys – they're trying to cut down on injuries and and games prolonging and stuff like that and keeping the double headers. I miss going to the games. And actually the last game I went to was that game we all went to.
1: Dude, you were the hero that day because I I remember (laughs) – you know exactly what I'm about to say. Yes. (laughs) I have my credit card. So in my mind, I was like, if I wanted to get a beer, I would get up and get one. And then the guy came down. and He's like, I thought he'd have like one of those little swipers or something. Yeah,
0: it's 20. It was 2018. I mean, come on, get get with
1: it. Yeah, it was. Uh, so I forget what he said the beer was going to cost or something like that. And then you said, you said, I'm buying you a beer. You just had a little kid disappointed face like you weren't tall enough to go on a ride. <laughs> Because I didn't have enough cash to buy the beer at the game, and you just like you just reached out, like I got this. I can't have this sadness around. No, me. it
0: was <laughs> pathetic. I, it was like someone, like somebody like took took your puppy and punted it down the stairs. It was like <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were like,
0: I have a credit card, sir. And he was like, I don't, I don't take credit cards. And you were like, like you saw like your whole like, how am I gonna have a beer? I, <laughs> like what went through your head? And I was like, I, I got it, I got it. Don't worry about it
1: same thing you were saying earlier about uh just being on stage and then feeling like you weren't getting the most out of your jokes yeah if i was ever at a gig because i used to i like did you have bad habits when you first started on stage oh my god
0: i every bad habit
1: that's (laughs) mine was uh they once counted it during my set because the writing part was always that's the most fun for me because i was just doing that i didn't understand what that was i was trying to write something funny to say during class the next day and um but my hand would go in and out of my pocket like as a nervous tick. Uh, they once counted it; I did it 18 times in uh, in one set.
0: I used to look down after every joke. I would go down and up. Like, it was by timing. It was like I was just every joke. I would every laugh. I would just look down and come back up again. And someone was like, "Hey, idiot! You don't want to break eye contact. What you got them? You every time you do that, you're starting over again. With like, you know, yeah. you're reeling them in." I was like, "Oh, I didn't realize." And I didn't really realize I was doing it. I just, little things I I didn't realize I was doing on stage. And it's, it's funny. Like you watch, you go watch back and it's like, oh my God, what was I doing? And it's, it's things you have to like break out
1: of. Um, well, someone tried to fix me. They said, put a, hold a beer in your hand. There you go. Like go up on stage with the beer. And then that just turned into me being drunk during comedy (laughs) for the next year and a half.
0: You actually did a set that night. I remember you left the game and went and did a set.
1: You had to stand that That was, uh, I went. It was roast battle, yeah. I got yeah. Uh, Paul Hooper. Paul Hooper beat me up in the, uh, the, the finals battle. of that tournament. I think that was a fun it's game. A- <laughs> the Yankees,
0: the Yankees and Red Sox. If, if, if anybody is doesn't, you know, you're not in the on the East Coast and you don't understand the, especially now with no fans in the stands. But if you don't understand the hatred between Yankees and Red Sox, and then go to a Yankee Red Sox game, it is absolutely vicious. And of course, we had a Red Sox fan. That was sitting right in front of us, and uh, I was uh, very—I was a little unpleasant to them during during the That's... game. To put it nicely, yeah, there was a
1: couple of funny voices you were throwing at him too, though, just to let him know. And I, I don't think he ever really turned around, did he?
0: No, he didn't turn around. No, he, he didn't turn around.
1: That, that wasn't a—that that wasn't a mess around crew that we had with us that day. That was a good crew. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody
0: would have. Uh, I, we tried to mess with that. No, we, were, we were a solid crew. And uh, it was fun, though. I mean, listen, you go to, I went to a Yankee Red Sox game. It was actually game two of the ALCS in 99. And we were sitting, me and my dad was sitting the, the last row of Yankee Stadium behind home plate. That's how high up we were. Jeez. Like, yeah, like I could see my house from where we were sitting. <laughs> it was on Long Island. I saw, like, you know. And there was a guy sitting a couple of rows down to the right, and he had a Red Sox hat on, and they're just chanting Boston Sox. They're, you know, that the whole game, it's getting really bad. He goes and gets a cop because he's like, I guess he feels threatened, and the cop comes back, and now it's even louder, and the cop goes, let take your hat off. <laughs> take your hat off. Do yourself a favor.
1: But <laughs> That's here's, what you got to do.
0: But here's the game's over. The, yank, the, the fan in front that was like really... You know, give him a hard time. Shook his hands. A good game, and then he left. So it's all part of the, it's all part of the experience. You know, it's it's you go to a Yankee Red Sox game, and if you're wearing the other team's shirt or hat, you're gonna get you're gonna get it. I'm sure if I went to Fenway with a Yankee shirt or a hat on, I was I'm gonna hear it.
1: Oh yeah, they're they're yeah, actually even worse that way. And then um Philly is kind of Philly's just. They're rough in general. I like I respect how dedicated they are to it. But um, you ever, what other stadiums have you been to? Because I gotta plug my Mac in real I, quick. It's uh, it's gonna die. Up
0: oh, I've uh, yeah, I can't prepare you up for this. Okay, okay, I'm kidding. No, I'm, kidding.
1: <laughs> I'm the worst, dude. Everything uh, changed last minute.
0: I um, I've only been to Yankee Stadium, Shea Stadium, City Field, then the New Yankee Stadium, and I've been to um, Joe Robbie. I saw a Marlins game in '93, the um, the first year.
1: Whoa, for real,
0: yeah. When I my my I had family down in Florida, and m- my uncle took me to a game for my birthday one year when I was down there. So I, I got to go. Um, I got to go the first year. It was pretty cool.
1: That was like, um, what's it called? My buddy's when he went to. Uh, He's a dire Texas Rangers fan. So he went to, uh, uh, friggin'. Uh, when they, they were in Miami because we were stationed in Jacksonville together yeah. And he friggin' uh, of all people, uh, he realized that no one else was there to see the Texas Rangers, so he could just sit wherever he wanted in the stadium.
0: Oh, that's hilarious! That's a yeah,
1: that's absolutely hilarious. We're plugged in here. You're plugged it's, in. Uh,
0: You're in the dark though, aren't you? You know the podcast is live, right, KP?
1: I'm the worst.
0: Okay, so let's get back to uh before we uh, we get out of here we'll uh, we'll actually oh, okay, we lost KP Burke. Um we lost KP on the podcast. Yeah, but it's okay. We we're actually wrapping it up anyway. You can check out KP Burke. Check him out on uh Instagram KP Burke sucks and his podcast American Loser. You can get it on iTunes and everything. Uh anyway, you can get podcasts streaming. You can find them there. Uh, KP is a very funny comedian. Definitely go check him out and his American Loser podcast. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the WW Bro podcast. This has been episode 136. As always, you can find the podcast at WWBROpodcast.podbean.com as well as on iTunes. Please don't forget to five-star rate and review. I love reading those reviews. You love sending the reviews. I love posting them. You love seeing when I post them, so definitely go ahead and do that. As always, I had a guest tonight, so there'll be a bonus episode Wednesday. You can become a Patreon member, to Listen to that podcast at patreon.com wwbropodcast. We are played in and out each week by Hollow, and their single, Something to Believe, you can download this song on iTunes. My best friend Nick wrote it. Check out his band, DemonScar. Scar. They're also on iTunes. You can listen to them there. Or check them out at demonscar.bandcamp.com. All right, everybody, for your deli needs, only one place to go. That's Finn's Deli, 4646 Merrick Road in Massapequa. Tell my brother Mike you heard the plug on the show and get yourself an Uncle Cheese sandwich while you're there. Best sandwich ever. Seriously, definitely go get yourself an Uncle Cheese. You can follow me on Instagram at ComicAnthonyD and the podcast at WW Bro Podcast. Once again, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode 136. Thank you to KP Burke for being my guest. Sorry about the technical difficulties at the end. Uh, His Skype cut out. I will see you guys next week. Have a good one.